our topic is faith crisis and how to navigate a faith crisis. And the, the, um, the topic of this morning is trust, that we navigate a faith crisis through trust. And there's a couple things that I want to say to set this up. First of all, um, you know, I think, I think that I've only been through one really major faith crisis in my life where everything was really put to the test. But there are often times in my life where doubt begins to creep in a little bit, where I'm not so sure um, if I believe what I think I believe and I've got to reevaluate a little bit and I've got to go into the Scripture and be encouraged by the Scripture. Those things, those, those times come in our lives. And I want to frame this message in a couple of ways, and, and one of those ways is that when we are experiencing a faith crisis, when you are walking through difficulty in your life, that these are some of the ways to navigate. This week, we're going to talk about trust, talk about resiliency and endurance, the next week, relationship, the next week, and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as we walk through these times. But it's not only important as we navigate the crisis that we may face in our lives, but it's also important as we navigate the calling and the will of God for our lives. How do we do audacious things for God? A couple of years ago, Pastor Randy preached a sermon series. I think it was called Audacious. Anybody been around long enough to remember that? There were T-shirts, okay? (laughs) And he talked about having the audacity to believe God, to be who he is, to be who he says he is, and to trust him for the great things that he's put in our hearts. Next week, believe it or not, I am just as in wonder of this as you might be. But we got back this week from two months in the U.S., and this afternoon we go to Joburg so that we can catch a flight to Nairobi in the morning. And we will be in Nairobi next week. We will be back here on Sunday. And sometimes I think I might be too old to be doing this. How many of you were born before 1960? If you don't want to admit that, that's okay. But you were born before 1960. Oh, yes. I was born in 1960. (laughs) Hallelujah. But Jesus is wonderful. Now I'm going to make myself cry. Jesus is wonderful. Amen? I love him. And this journey of faith in my life that has spanned almost 50 years of really dedicating my life to Christ and walking with him, it's been wonderful. I wouldn't give it up for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And with all of the hard stuff and all of the times that I thought, I'm not real sure I'm walking the right way. Again and again, he is affirmed. Again and again, he has walked with me. And again and again, I have decided over and over again, there is no other way for me 
to live my life. To speak of audacity, you know, in urban tribes of which this church is a part of that network, we have the audacity to believe that God wants to do something in the urban centers and in the cities of Africa. Here we believe that God wants to do something in Durban. And as the world powers wrestle and pull over alliance with African countries, that's for a reason. It's because the future is Africa. And the future of Africa is in its cities, cities like Durban. We have the audacity to believe that a church planted here in Mshanga Ridge, in Durban, that there can be interns that will rise up. There will be people that hear the call of God that will begin to go to other areas of this city. And it's not just us alone. There are many other followers of Christ here that are reaching out to this city. And we believe that we can see this city transformed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the audacity to believe that if we stand for Jesus in the cities of Africa and churches are planted and they multiply, that as the cities of Africa are transformed for Jesus Christ and by Jesus Christ, that it will transform the entire continent. And we have the audacity to believe that this will bring transformation through the power of Christ to the entire globe. Now, that's audacious, isn't it? This is what we believe. This week, as we go to Nairobi and we go to a retreat center where gathered together are young leaders who have answered the call of God in their life and they're in many different places on the continent. These young people are in many places where it is illegal to lead someone to a believing faith in Jesus Christ. It's just simply illegal. They're there sometimes in dangerous situations, but they are there simply living their lives, shining the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, believing that lives will be transformed and that others will come to know the incredible story of Jesus and the incredible transformation that you and I have experienced in Christ Jesus. We'll be sitting across the table from these young leaders and different meals all through the week, talking with them and sharing with them. That's an audacious call. And how do we meet the faith crisis that we go through when you go through a difficult time in your life where the foundations are sh shaken? And to broaden that a little bit, how do we walk through those audacious calls of God that we hear? When God calls us to do something that is so much bigger than ourselves, and we know that we've got to rely upon him, we've got to walk with the Holy Spirit, and we have to walk in that transformation. We, first of all, you know, and the things that I'm talking about, what I'm talking about this morning is trust. Because if we don't come to a place of trusting God, then it's difficult to step out. My mind goes to the disciples in the boat, afraid, 
and Jesus appears on the water. I don't have time to tell you the story, but it's a great one. Jesus walks on the water and he says, Peter, get out of the boat. And he's afraid to do that. But yet he steps out and he puts his foot on the water and he begins to walk. When he takes his eyes off of Jesus, he begins to sink. What is the thing that allows someone to step out of the boat onto the sea when it is raging in an impossible situation and to act audaciously on what we believe God is calling us to do. It's trust. We have to trust God before we can take those steps. So Jesus talks about his yoke being easy and his burden being light. And I have wondered about that scripture many times in my life. There's been many times that I've sat down and I've said, okay, Jesus, you said this was easy, and this is not easy. Amen. Anybody find this out? But it says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And what he means by that is the yoke is the yoke of discipleship, that when you get in a yoke with someone in Bible days, it's talking about being discipled by someone. If you are one of my disciples and you're learning my ways, my yoke is easy. It does not demand of you all of these things that you cannot do. My burden is light because I do not put burdens upon you without walking with you and carrying those burdens as well. And so as we talk about faith crisis, we have to keep in mind the joy of the Lord and the work that God does in our lives that we are never alone. And we'll talk about that another time. But our faith is not a drag. It's not a burden to us. It is a joy. So when I say faith crisis, first of all, what is a crisis? A crisis is, according to definition, a crisis is a time of intense difficulty or danger. A crisis is a time when a difficult or important decision must be made. We come to these points in our lives. This, this is what a crisis is. A time of difficulty, a time of danger, a time when we must make important decisions. And a faith crisis is when we come to a point where things that have happened or they are happening that are difficult to align with what we have believed. In my view, a faith crisis is defined as serious questions about what I believe combined with the repercussions associated with facing these questions. We have questions about what we believe and then there are repercussions that come with questioning those things that we believe. Many of you who have heard me share before know our story and you know of our faith crisis and I'm not gonna share that story this morning but it was a very dark and very difficult time in my life and in Donna's life where each of us lost beloved spouses and the journey that followed and how that all progressed. Many of you know that story. And it caused questions to arise. I had to ask questions regarding my faith to things that just didn't seem to line up anymore. 
So what causes a faith crisis? It's when we're transitioning through something that we don't understand and we cannot explain. All right, a little bit of participation here to keep you going. Have any of you ever faced something that you don't understand or something that you cannot explain? How about like every day? (laughs) Maybe once a week? I don't understand what's going on here. See, this is where trust gets so important. A faith crisis is caused when what we think we knew doesn't align with reality, or let me add this, with our perception of reality. With what we have believed doesn't align with our perception of reality, what we are seeing with our eyes. Your faith crisis gets real. And your faith gets real in crisis. It is tested. It is refined. And so when we have these faith crises, what's the outcome of it? Sometimes we change what we believe or we change what we do not believe. Sometimes we become bitter. We become better. Uh, Something about the fabric of our life changes. And when I've been through crisis in my faith where I've had to look at what I believe, and, and let me tell you, there are moments, and I talked about the audacious, uh, audacious vision of urban tribes and why we're in Africa and what we believe and what we believe God has called us to participate in. And There are many, many times with many, many facets of that that I just sat down and I think, I don't see this being able to happen, you know. I get impatient. I want to see things happening. I always thought that successfully navigating a faith crisis would show my strength. But the reality is the breaking down of your strength and coming to your end is what happens in a faith crisis, that you might know and experience and rely upon the strength of God that will take you much further than you could ever go without him. You see, if trust is not cultivated in my life, then when things get really difficult, I will run away. When things get really difficult, I will not be able to sustain, and we'll talk about resiliency another time, but I will not be able to sustain if trust has not built, been built into my life. And in Scripture, there's a number of cases where there was a faith crisis and a need for realignment. I'll touch on them briefly. Elijah, the great man of God who calls down fire from heaven, and it didn't solve the problem And Jezebel was still coming after him to kill him. And it's like, okay, I give up. I've like done everything that I know to do. And this isn't working. This isn't working, God. And he was despondent. And he fell into despair. He was in a faith crisis. Jonah, uh, that's, that's one where God wanted to save Nineveh. And Jonah just couldn't see that this could possibly be part of God's plan. And so there had to be a realignment in Jonah's heart before God could work through him. Jesus' disciples had a hard time grasping that the ushering in of the kingdom of God involved the cross rather than a seat in government. 
It was difficult for them, and it was a process of them aligning their faith with what God was doing and what they were seeing. And there were times that it was a faith crisis for them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, it says this, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the believers in Corinth. We don't want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. Now, to pause there, what is that all about? We need to be aware of our reality in order to prevent a crisis based upon misalignment. We look around the room, and I guarantee you that if you talk to the most together person in this room, they will tell you about times where their faith was challenged, where they walked through crisis. They will tell you about times that they were put into the fire, and the fire refined them and strengthened them. Every single one of us will tell you that. So we want you to be aware. He goes on to say, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength. And you know what the great thing about a faith crisis is? It pulls you out of your strength and it brings you into God's strength. Come on. Oh, wow. And the possibilities are absolutely unlimited in your lives when you are pulled out of your strength and you are brought into God's strength. We were burdened beyond our strength. By the way, I think we've talked about this many times at North Place, but it's like God will not allow more to be on us than we can bear. That hasn't been my experience. The answer is that we come out of our strength and we come into God's strength because God can bear every burden that you have. He says that we despaired of life itself. In my 50s, I was in the greatest shape of my life. I was lean and I was mean. I could run like the wind, lifted weights. I worked out at least three times a week. I was strong, the best shape of my life in my 50s. You know why? I probably shared this with you before, but in walking through the grief journey, my anxiety and my pain was so great that the only relief I could find physically was working out and expending energy. And when the apostle said, I despaired of life, probably everyone in this room has come to that point where you have despaired of life. And I would go for a run, and I didn't know how strong my heart was. I, I, I felt like, at times I felt like I was having a cardiac thing happening. So I went to the doctor, and they hooked me up to these things, and then I ran on a treadmill. Have you ever done that? with all these wires, okay, you got to run till your heartbeat gets to a certain point. I ran, and I ran, and I ran. 
and they're looking at it. My heartbeat isn't getting up where they want it to be. I run and I run. This says I'm in really good shape. I run and I run and I'm thinking, how long am I going to have to run on this thing? (laughs) Finally, after seven minutes of running as hard as I could, they put me on a table and they checked me out with my heart at peak and they said, yeah, you're okay. (laughs) It was the stress and it was the anxiety that was making my heart feel that it wasn't working properly. Despairing of life itself. He says, indeed, that we had received the sentence of death, but that it was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. (laughs) When we despair of life in it, see, I'm just seeing this, okay? I'm just seeing this one little part here. I love it when that happens. When we despair of life itself, then we trust in God who even resurrects the dead. See, I mean, when we think we have a death sentence, then we trust in the God who resurrects dead people. Are you getting that? See, that's the degree and the level of trust that we have in God that propels us forward to trust him and believe him to navigate the faith crisis that you might be walking through or the audacious calling that he's placed in your heart. It goes on to say, he delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. See, this is trust. God has delivered us before. We trust him to deliver us again. He will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf. I don't think that's on the screen. For the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. It's verse 11 where what the apostle is saying is, pray for us so that many will give thanks as they see God working in our lives. See, this is what the apostle wrote, demonstrating his trust in God. In 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 28, and I don't think this one's on the screen, but I just want to read some things quickly for you. Here Paul is discouraged because there are these super apostles, these big shots, these people who think that they're somebody that's causing trouble for him and causing trouble in the church. And so... He is saying, you know, these people are saying all of these things. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman. He gets a little crazy here, but he just starts going through the list of stuff that he's walked through. He says, with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, if you want to talk about qualification, if you want to talk about hardship, if you want to talk about faith crisis, with countless beatings, often near death. Hey, five times I received at the hands of the Jews, 40 lashes less one. The, the, the Jewish law was less than 40 lashes. So we got 39, five times, 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, 
on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, my own people, Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. Wow. In toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, hungry and thirsty, without food and cold and exposure, and apart from the other things, I love this part. I love this part. I love this part, Pastor Dylan. And not only all of that, it's the daily care of the church too. <laughs> so not only do I get beat up all the time, but I got to care for the church too, and that's pretty tough. <laughs> Trusting God. These things could cause a faith crisis because this isn't what I thought it would be. This isn't what I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be something else, but this is what it is, and I trust God. Many of you know the big pieces of our story. I know a lot of your stories. But part of our story that's evolving is, you know, I have a few places that are my favorite place on earth. And one is the Bluestone River in southern West Virginia. How many of you know where West Virginia is? A couple of you. It's a state in the U.S. where I grew up. One of my favorite places, see, that's when I was lean and mean. That proves it right there. <laughs> it's one of my favorite places on earth. When I was a boy, my dad would take me there and we would skip stones. You know what? Have you skipped stones before you find a flat stone and you throw it and it just skips? See how many times that that stone, and here's a couple of stones that I picked up there. See how many times that stone will skip on the water. And the thing about the Blue Stone River is the banks are covered with these skipping stones. And one day I was there, and by the way, that place in the river we forward across, um, when the river's calm. But as my daughters entered adulthood, I began to hope for grandchildren. And they didn't get married until they were in their 30s. And so I was beginning to think this is never going to happen. And I prayed, said, God, that they would find someone that they would love, and I'd like to have grandchildren. For years, I prayed for grandchildren. People would ask me, do you have any prayer needs? Yes, pray my daughters find someone and that we get grandchildren. <laughs> In that order after they're married. That was part of the prayer. And one, on one visit, I was praying and I was skipping rocks and I was thinking about, I'd love to do this with a grandchild, you know. I'd love to bring my grandchildren here and they experienced something that I experienced when I was a child. And so I picked up some of these flat skipping stones and I put them in my pocket and I have several of them. And I brought them back with me to set in my study to remind me of that prayer. Well, we now have eight grandchildren. <laughs> and... This was my hope and prayer 
And here's a verse of scripture that is key to this message. Psalm 56.3, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. I trusted God. When we're afraid that our hope will not come to pass, we trust God. I can feel that one, folks. Let me say it again. When we are afraid our hope will not come to pass, we trust God. When we are afraid that our prayers will not be answered, we trust God. When we walk through times of devastation, we trust God. Several months ago, we learned that we were going to have another grandchild. He was a boy, and his name was going to be Levi. We discovered that Levi had half a heart. There was no left side of Levi's heart. We prayed much for healing. I think this church has prayed for healing. People around the world have prayed for healing. See, we serve God, and we trust God, and we ask God for healing for Levi, for him to be born healthy. Levi was born on May 5th. Donna went ahead of me to be with Levi and his parents. A few days later, he had heart surgery, and in the days since, there have been many complications. He moves forward. He moves back a little bit. But thanks God, thank God that Levi is moving forward. This is our grandbaby that we hope and we trust in God. While none of our grandchildren have been to the Bluestone River to skip rocks across it, I'm still hopeful. And I'm hopeful that one day we will take Levi all the way down the mountain, and it's a long hike. We'll go to the river, we'll ford the river, and we'll go to the skipping spot, and we'll skip stones. See, we trust God. Will that happen? Jeez, I don't know. I don't know. But I trust God. I trust God. Here's one of the things that I wanted to share with you. When I went through my darkest faith crisis, I didn't know if I'd survive it. I didn't know if I could bear up under it. But with this crisis, where I have to ask, why didn't God just touch the little guy? Why? But you know what? We're good. And we're joyful in the gift of Levi. You hear what I'm saying? We are joyful in the gift of Levi. Our hearts are not troubled. There are some fears, but God walks with us through those fears. And what I'm saying is that when God builds trust in our lives, we can face things that we don't understand, things that just should be a different way. 
And we can have the joy of the Lord because we trust God. We trust God. And we trust God to heal Levi. But with full confidence, I say, but if not, we still trust God. We trust him. There's a verse of scripture that says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. How will we do what God has called us to do? We will trust in God with all of our heart. How will we take audacious steps of faith? We will trust God with all of our hearts. How will we trust God when what our eyes see we do not understand and it is a heavy weight and a burden? We will trust God with all of our hearts. There is no other way. I would do no other thing in no other way. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, in all of your actions, in all of the ways that you act, in all of the ways that you live your life, acknowledge God, acknowledge his sovereignty, acknowledge his authority. So, trust is necessary for navigating a faith crisis. This is the point in the message where I began to realize I'm not going to be able to tell you all that I want to tell you this morning. (laughs) But here's what I want you to know about trust. First of all, trust is a necessary function of authority. There can be no true authority unless there's trust. God cannot have true authority in our lives unless we trust him and unless we've placed our trust in him. Then and only then can he have the authority of a father in our lives to be able to bless us and to be able to lead us sovereignly in the things that are best for our lives. Secondly, trust must be earned. There's people in your life that you don't trust and there's people that they don't trust you. We have to realize trust has to be earned. It's not, it can't be required. So, God has earned my trust. I had to trust him first. I had to extend trust, but he's earned my trust. He's proven himself trustworthy. Next, giving trust demonstrates trustworthiness. Listen, folks, if there's ever anybody that just doesn't trust you for no good reason, let me tell you something. They're probably not a trustworthy person because they're projecting themselves onto you, and since they're not trustworthy, you must not be trustworthy either. I'm always suspicious of people that will not extend trust. There's deep hurt in their lives, or they're an untrustworthy person. Maybe they've been hurt a lot. But in the darkest and most trying moments of my life, guess what? Oh, man, this is big. God has trusted me more than I've trusted him. Boom! God trusts me more than I trust him. When I walk through the darkest parts of my life, I'd say, God, I'm not going to make it. You know what he'd always say to me down in my spirit? He'd always say, David, keep going. I've almost got you where I want you. And I'd say, well, okay. If you're still good with it, I'm still good with it. Here's how I feel. 
and here's what I see, and I want to quit. But if you still see something in me, I'll just keep going. See, God trusted me even when I wasn't so sure that I trusted him. God trusts you. He trusts you so much that he gave you a free will. He trusts you so much that he allows you to decide how you're going to live your life, where you're going to live it, whether you're going to be obedient or not. Competency builds trust. God is competent. God is able. There's a verse of Scripture in Exodus 15 where after God parted the sea and the people of Israel walked across the sea, they sang this song. I don't read it all, but the song was saying, I sing to the Lord for he's triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he's thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he's become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father is God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. See, they were praising God because of what they had seen, and they turned it into a song. We do the same thing. You're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen, too good not to believe. Remember that song? We sing it sometimes. You heal because you love. Oh, the miracles we'll see. You're too good to not believe. I believe it. How my eyes have seen it, I believe it. And I've seen cancer disappear. I've seen metal plates dissolve. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it because I've seen it. Ah, I always hate to start crying when I'm preaching. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't bother to tell me that Levi can't skip rocks with me at the Blue Stone River. Don't tell me. I trust God. And if we never do, there's one thing I know for sure. If he'll put his trust in Christ, I'll dance with that boy on streets that are gold. And that's a whole lot better than skipping rocks in a stinky river. Hey, come on, amen. This is the Jesus that we serve. Don't tell me he can't do it. Consistency builds trust. Jesus Christ, same yesterday, today, and forever. Keeping your word builds trust. Listen, God has always kept his word to me. It hasn't always been the way that I'd hoped that it would be. I wanted Levi to be born. I wanted him to go home. He's still in a hospital after being born in May. I want him to go home, but God keeps his word. Being of good character builds trust. See, the Bible says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When we trust in God, our minds stay at peace. Our bodies stay at peace when we trust in God. In Proverbs 3, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart that I read earlier Don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You know what else builds trust? Love builds trust. says in Psalm 13, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. God is transformational. God loves you. And when we love, 
there is trust. How have I navigated my faith crisis? You know what, folks? I just, I'm hoping you get this. Being a teenager of the 70s, I just think it's really cool that we have this confidence in God in this crisis because of what he's built into our life through other crises. And as a guy with a gray, maybe white beard, I just want to tell you, after 49 years of serving Jesus, trust only takes you to a place where you trust more. I love him. I trust him. And I know that he will bring it to pass. So when I'm afraid, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in in you. Now, this morning I woke up and I felt anxiety, and anxiety feels a lot like fear. It happens sometimes. I, you know, we're going to drive to the airport. Tomorrow morning, we're going to be in Nairobi. We're going to drive for a couple hours. There's a lot of other things that I'm hoping are gonna work. And I don't know if they will or not, you know. And I feel afraid. Guys, I try to be very vulnerable and very honest. There's a lot of days I wanna tap out. When I left Durban the end of May, I didn't wanna leave. I didn't wanna go back to the US. I didn't wanna go. I wanted to stay here. When it came time to come back here, I looked at my grandkids and I didn't want to come back here. Love y'all. I didn't want to come back, but I'm here. And when it's time to go back again, I won't want to leave. Sometimes I'm afraid. It's a scary world out there, isn't it? Sometimes I'm afraid. I'm afraid this time God won't answer the way I want him to. Friends, can we absorb? When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. We can't trust God until we put our trust in God. When we put our trust in God, we say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I want to trust you with all of my heart, and so I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to trust you so much that I'm going to surrender. Here I am. Wow, I could talk a lot about here I am, and there's not much here to give. But remember, God trusts you more than you trust him. Here I am. If you're walking through a faith crisis, And you're saying, I'm not sure what I believe anymore. I'm not sure that I believe all of this stuff anymore. I've been there. I have. And he built my trust through it. 
Some of you, God's put something audacious in your heart, but you're like, I don't, I do, whoa, I can't move that step. Shoo, that's big. Pray that God reveals himself to you that you might trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. That's how we navigate faith crisis. That's how we do stuff bigger than ourselves. We trust God.